Hey there, it's Alowin, better known as the voice behind Averin, with a word from our sponsor. This session brought to you in part by Fiverr, the best place to find freelance services for your business. Whether you're in the market for commissioned art, or even script writing, which I probably should have utilized prior to recording this so I didn't have to do it six times, you can find on Fiverr. It's a whole world of freelance available right at your fingertips with options for every budget. Find high quality services at every price point, no hourly rates, and just project-based pricing. You'll find quality work done quickly with the right freelancer to begin working on your project within minutes. Your payments are protected every time. Always know what you'll pay up front and your payment isn't released until you approve the work. And know that Fiverr has your back with 24 seven support. Not in the market for services, but looking to augment your own income? Fiverr is powered by freelance artists just like you. So sign up today at Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Welcome to the world of Selena. Hello and welcome to Queers and Spears Presents the Cap Creek Chronicles, a side quest series of 1v1s for our side quest campaign, Bottom Sept. Here we will explore the small town of Cap Creek on our heroes' first night together on their journeys. The night falls on the creek as the sounds of bugs and frogs sing along to the steady babbling of the creek. We find ourselves following the last of our heroes, according to the prophecy, young Freya, who at the end of the night of a long, long day of traveling into the woods, falls deeply into their bed, exhausted for the day, and ends up falling asleep before the rest of the party. Freya, as you fall into this bed that you have been accompanied into by Thorpe, the head ranger here at Cap Creek, 
you find that this the accommodations are very, very comfortable. You know, you're currently sleeping here in a mushroom, but as you fall into the bed face first and just kind of breathe out this deep sigh of, you know, you thought this was going to at least be a somewhat decently, you know, it's more simple of a journey. You know, you weren't expecting to run into issues day one. So that bed, it feels good as you fall into it and your eyes close and you start to drift off into sleep. You start to feel like you are sinking into the bed as it starts to envelop you. You feel like you are floating, like you become weightless in the darkness of your eyes being closed. You can feel yourself kind of floating in this space of it's almost like you're floating in a pool of weightlessness. You feel like you can look around and you can move, but your body just doesn't because it's so comfortable where it's at right now. And as the darkness starts to kind of dissipate, you give me an insight check into the moment uh, and see if you can figure out what's going on. Sight check. Okay. Uh, that, that's a 23. A 23. With a 23, you your mind starts to begin to kind of process that you have fallen asleep. You know, they're at, at certain points in, in everyone's dreaming patterns, they will recognize that they are a, you know, they've started dreaming, that they've fallen asleep. It's not necessarily coming to consciousness mm-hmm. within your dream, like you have that kind of like absolute free will, but you at least have that mindful free will because you've recognized that, oh, this isn't real in the moment. This is a dream. This is not absolute real. So as the you start to come to these realizations, the darkness starts to dissipate and you find yourself at the edge of the forest that you had just traveled into. It is, you know, just dark, deep forests that you are starting to slowly familiarize yourself with as you go on this journey deeper into it. But this clearing is different from the one that you entered into. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, not so lucky on that one, a nine. A nine. So this was different enough that you are able to tell the difference. Here uh, you can see that there, as you come to this edge of trees and look into this clearing that is before you, there are trees on the other side of this clearing. So you kind of feel like this is possibly like an opening uh, of area somewhere in the forest itself. Maybe it's somewhere you've already passed. Maybe it's somewhere you have yet to come upon, but it's a clearing here in the forest. And as you look out into the opening and you see that the sun is shining through and onto this field of wildflowers that come up about to your waist height. 
And it's interesting because during your entire travels from the edge of the forest to Cap Creek, the sun didn't really shine through. There were too many trees for the sun to really shine through. Here, there is actually an opening in the tree line, in the canopy, so you can see the sky and you can see the clouds and the sun. And you can feel the warmth of the rays shining down onto this bit of the earth. What would you like to do? I think... Freya is um, looking around kind of amazed and is like, well, this is interesting. Didn't see this before. Ah, uh, this, this is, it's, it's a dream. I know that. But where am I? He's kind of asking out loud as he's like wading through these wildflowers. Mm -hmm. You start to kind of like take some like absent, absent-minded steps forwards as you start to kind of like process what is kind of happening, wading through the flowers, letting your hands kind of touch the tops of these flowers as you passed by. Go ahead and give me another perception check as you kind of like to start to take some steps into this clearing. A 14. 14. So as you're starting to kind of like step out and look around and everything, you just kind of notice that like these, this clearing isn't super big. I would say it's probably about maybe half the size of like maybe a football field or so. It's kind of just a little small pocket. This isn't something that you would recognize from the times, the small number of times that you managed to get outside of the walls and make a dead sprint for Puppet just to get a breath of fresh air and see something new in your life. Um, but So this isn't something you recognize from those small times uh, that you went out, you feel like this is probably kind of maybe further along your journey, maybe somewhere you have not been before. You're kind of looking around and you kind of notice that about halfway into the field, you see some of the wildflowers, like the area in which they are kind of sprouting from. It looks like the flowers have been like brushed down and there's like areas of like patches of wild uh, that aren't growing up like the rest of them. Hmm. I think he would make his way over because that almost to him looks like maybe somebody has been there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Um, do you want to, how do you want to approach? Do you want to approach normally? Do you want to approach quickly? Do you want to approach stealthily? I think he doesn't feel threatened in this moment, so I think he just walks up normally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a dream. What, the worst thing that can happen is you're going to wake up. Yeah. So you walk up kind of normally, and as you start to approach, you do hear, start to hear some sounds. You start to kind of hear some, like, chuffs and some snorts along with some, like, small, like, laughter. Uh, 
kind of like in between uh, you hear somebody saying like, stop, Indy, stop. Uh, hello? It suddenly goes quiet. You stop hearing the little like laughing and the like uh, teasing that's going on. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, if anything, I feel I should be the one that is afraid. And as you say that, you are looking kind of above the hedge line at about maybe a 10 foot distance from where the like impact into the wildflowers is. And as you're kind of looking above the headline, you didn't quite notice that coming underneath the cover of the wildflowers moving stealthily, there's now a large creature at your feet, still underneath the line of the wildflowers, but you can clearly see this large drake down at the bottom, kind of crouched down on all fours, looking up at you with big black eyes. I... don't think Freya reacts. I think... He stands there and I think he actually crouches down to be face to face with it. You crouch down uh, to be face to face with it. Go ahead and give me an animal handling check. Okay. An eight. An eight. Uh, you <laughs> get down. Eight face-to-face -face with this uh, large creature, something that you haven't necessarily seen, you know, you know, outside the walls or inside the walls for that matter. You get down face-to-face -face with this creature, it takes about a half step back and kind of like shows its teeth at you. It doesn't make any like noises or even like threatening like changes in its like body position or anything it feels like it's just kind of like taking a half step back uh, and as it does you hear finally uh, a voice that voice again that was once laughing that was once talking uh, at you know somebody by the name of Indy you finally see the top of this person appear out from the wildfire flowers they pop their head up they don't come up as high as you do out of these wild flowers stand at about five foot nine they have dark blue fur all over their body with pointed ears and specks of starlight that catch the sun's gaze as it peeks through this canopy and they look at you with bright yellow eyes and smile they approach to the large drake, coming up to its side, running its, their hand 
up the scaly body, past the wings, and up to behind the ear of this drake kind of scratching it. You can see this creature immediately relax and kind of like flop down. And uh, you see the person is like, there, there, Indy. He seems like a friend. Uh, I think at that statement, Freya is immediately flushed. Um, his, I, and I don't think it has anything to do with the looks of this person. I think it's, he's flushed purely just from the tone of voice. Um, and the use of the word friend. Do you, uh, are you, do you want to attempt to hide this in any way? Do you feel like you would let your emotions flow freely in this moment? I don't think Freya knows it's happening. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a natural occurrence that he doesn't have time to stop or hide. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, let me see. He, uh, they look at you, uh, and you kind of, like, watch their eyes kind of, like, scan you a little bit. You know, they kind of, like, dash back and forth a little bit from, like, top to, like, chest. Just kind of inspecting you and seeing, you know, seeing the threat level here and also just kind of, like, double-checking their words of calling you friends in a way. And as they kind of get back up to your face, which is turning bright red at the moment underneath your patches of gray fur, they smile at you, a full-hearted and genuine smile that shows off dimples on both of their cheeks. Their eyes squint a little bit as they smile. They tilt their head slightly to the side. They kind of just like rest their like head on their hand a little bit. And they're like, yeah, I think he's a friend. And he uh, is, looks to you and he, uh, they're like, come walk with me in the sun. Uh, I think Freya, as soon as he like, as soon as they like look, like more at him uh, and that smile flashes Freya's eyes are immediately on the ground um his heart is kind of racing like he's had this kind of feeling towards somebody before but never allowed himself to experience it as as soon as he kind of like met somebody that he felt this way they just he just was brought back to the castle and by the time he was able to get out again he couldn't find the person but I think his legs have a mind of their own and they start moving forward he, uh, they, um, kind of just walk just a few paces in front of you, uh, noticing that your gaze 
is down on the floor and not uh, up looking at the surroundings or so, just so that you can continue to follow them. They only walk, you know, about 20 or 30 paces or so, just to a fresh patch of wildflowers before they turn to the uh, drake at their side and with a slight little nod of their head the dragon starts prancing and dancing and rolling around in this fresh grass like rolling in their back and kind of getting it all over their body like jumping up as high as they can and landing on all four feet like kind of smashing these things into the ground and like truly having the time of their life uh as the uh person standing next to you is like kind of like laughing and like watching their uh companion just have truly a moment of like puppy energy released in this creature yeah um i think in these moments hearing like that the laughter itself if they weren't covered by longer fur you would see that the blush had traveled from his cheekbones up to the tip of his ears um and now he's kind of watching instead of like watching the ground he's kind of because he doesn't he doesn't have this type of relationship with like beater um mm-hmm. beater's more of like a animal that just kind of like hangs out with him and sometimes listens to him mm-hmm. um where this is like a true companionship and like friendship that i i don't think freya understands Mm-hmm. So as you kind of, like, begin to, like, look around as well as, like, process the relationship that these two, you know, have and how far it goes and how it compares to how you feel about your own small creature friend, um, they kind of look over to you and they ask you, they're like, have you been this far before? Uh, I, I, I don't know where we are. That's okay. We're not very far. Far from where? I'll show you. And they quickly grab your hand and they dart over to the tree line which isn't too far from you about 20 feet just to the closest and nearest tree and you see them begin to uh, basically usher you up the tree Uh, go ahead and give me acrobatics checks we're gonna go ahead and do two of them uh so first one he succeeds so you watch as they just kind of like quickly come up to this tree and they're like come on come on and they just like rip this tree and climb this tree first one's a 23 
23, you immediately, you take a second to like process the fact like, okay, they just asked me to climb a tree. Let's go ahead and do this. You immediately just start following after them with ease. Immediately, you actually uh, end up catching up to their point as well, kind of closing the distance between you two. Uh, and then go ahead and give me a second, a 19. Yeah. And then, uh, oh my god, I, they rolled exactly the same. So on the second half of the journey, you end up climbing the tree together in tandem. Um, okay, actually, actually, no. Die? It's a 15 on the die, but due to my level one ability of the channeler class, it's actually a 20. Because I get a plus one oh. from my aura. Incredible. Yeah, so you all just start to, like, you climb together towards the tops of this tree. And for the first time in Freya's life, you look upon a sea of green. Nothing but the tops of canopies with just small indentations where there are possibly other areas that are like clearings like the one that you are in very few and far between and it seems like the one that you're currently in is the largest among them all and as you kind of like look out onto the horizon of this sea of green you can see a city in the distance very tall and surrounded by a wall similar to your own home city but taller walls, gray walls, not quite as limestone as sandy as the one of Lenloch because they've been like battered by the sea breeze. These ones are a little bit more landlocked, more gray and tall, tall buildings in the future. And they point out and they're like, that's my home. But what is this place? This, these are the wilds. And that over there, my home, that's Dornwich. Would Freya recognize that name? Give me a history check. Okay. Uh, ooh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Having a royal upbringing, even though you are not the crowned prince, you would still be expected to know of the major cities here on the island of Suntura. So you would be familiar with the uh, the uh, like city of Aramur, from which uh, Oriana is from. It is a city that is southern to you and kind of handles a lot of the like farming aspects and kind of the like transportation of like goods across the islands. You know of your own Lenloch, which is very central and also right near the sea. You kind of control a lot of the fishing and the transportation of like those goods and services. Dornwich is the next major city north. It is the major city that lands in between, directly in between Lenloch and Cald. You would know that it is directly in your line, in your path on the journey that you are currently on. It is not a place you have ever visited, but you know that your father has been there before, but he rarely goes there. Would my mother have been there? She probably would have been there before. It probably would have been 
closer to the time of the Great War 200 years ago that she was last even close to Dornwich. But she probably did set foot in Dornwich, but it was more than likely 200 years ago. And Dornwich is on the Sunmore side, not the puppet side, correct? It's on the puppet side. He, Freya looks at this person before him and goes, so, well, you aren't just a figment of my imagination or I don't possible? think I am. I don't feel like I am. I have only seen you in dreams. So. Well, is it, where is are it you from? Lenloch. I've never been to Lenloch. It's. Not what it could be. But it's different than my own home. My father won't let me leave my city walls. If he ever found out if I was out here, I would surely get it. I think Freya's in disbelief at that statement. Yeah, and it's uh, very similar to your own situation. Just goes, ah, I understand that. But. But it's nice to get away when he's distracted. When you have a drunkard of a father, it's easy to get away. He, uh. They just kind of like look over to you. Do you meet their gaze? I think... I think Freya was looking out upon the trees and not even looking towards them. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Freya's hiding how he's feeling when he says that. They look over to you. If you choose to look over, you feel that their eyes have shifted from the endless horizon of the canopies before you to you, looking up to you. And they place a hand on your shoulder and kind of like softly like pet it and rub it a little bit and they're like I'm so sorry. That sounds like a really rough position to be in and having your father be an alcoholic it's I'm sure it wasn't great for you or your family I wouldn't be the man I was I am today if he was any different it's not a sad story it is just 
the humble beginning of a hero. And without looking away, they're still looking at you. They say, and what can what kind of man could you become if you only knew love? Hey, uh, that is a question I don't know I'll ever find the answer to. But that's okay. As that's just not what my story is meant to be, perhaps. Everyone has ideas of what our stories should be. Our parents thinking what's best for us or knowing what we should or shouldn't be doing in life. And yes, they may have experience, but they don't know our story and they can't predict or write the future. That's our jobs. And if you cut yourself off from the possibility of expansion, from the possibility of growth, from the possibility of love, how can you expect to be great if you're stuck? I feel at this point when they're saying that Freya's playing with the pendant of Kaivalya that he has around his neck that he had an extra one of after giving Felix his. And he laughs and goes, You sound like an old friend. It's comforting. Hey. Kind of chuckle, and then they're like, "Your friend sounds pretty smart." Then, and then they kind of like laugh and give you a little bit of an elbow into your side. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh God! <laughs> uh, oh, hang on, plus four. Oh, that's a ten. That's ten. That's enough. You kind of like wobble back a little bit, and. Uh, um, they reach out and they kind of grab the, uh, are you wearing your arm? Do you feel like Freya would be wearing their armor in their sleep, in their dream sense? Um, Freya does not wear armor, so. Mm, interesting. So they would they grab then just... the collar of your shirt before you fell and pulled you back in to them. They would then put their arm around your waist and be like, whoops, <laughs> sorry, that's my bad. Uh, let's, uh, I think... let's get down. And they just kind of like quickly like move their arm uh, like from like the wrapping around your waist to like the side of your waist as they start to kind of like then climb down, moving, using both of their hands again. Uh, I think Freya allows them to get a little bit further away so they perhaps don't hear this. Uh, and he kind of, like, pats himself and straightens out his, like, vest uh, and everything and goes, Kaivalya, give me strength. 
and goes down the tree after him. Uh, amazing. So, uh, on the way down, just go ahead and give me one, um, acrobatics check on the way down. Cool. To come down That's left. A 23. 23. You jump from branch to branch, kind of sliding down the tree, uh, the tree trunk as you hear the, like, laughter of this person who you don't even know their name, but they've encapsulated you and they've like drawn you in with just their spirit, just their laugh and just their sense of amazement and wonderment at the world around you. The same amazement and wonderment that you hold within yourself as they slide down this tree, laughing along the way, they start to frolic into these wild flowers. You can see that as they start to pass through, the flowers, little butterflies start to flutter up into the sky around them and up into the trees and into the sky above them. As you chase after them, they kind of like swing you around as you end up eventually catching up and they you both swing onto the floor of these wildflowers completely surrounded in your own little bubble of floral looking up into the sky of a world of endless possibilities. I think it feels weird laughing and having fun to Freya. It's not unwelcomed. It's just not the norm. Do you feel like Freya would be like smiling and laughing along as well? 100%. I think... This is the first time Freya's experienced true fun. But he's also they... still blushing brightly. Mm -hmm. They uh, just seem to shine brighter and they seem to like gleam harder at uh, you as you they turn around and see that you are also no longer this stoic person, this, you know, tempid person who was unsure of what was happening in front, or maybe just in control of their emotions, and now is just so free in this moment. They're smiling at you, they're just laying on the floor next to you, kind of like staring into the sky, and kind of like roll over onto their side, and kind of like look over to you, uh, kind of propping their head up on their sh uh, like shoulder and on their hand uh, or elbow in their hand. And they like, so it's been you no know, at least a half an hour now. I feel like I should maybe know your name. Oh, right. Introdu introductions. Uh, uh, my name is Freya Valiance. Hmm. Freya Valiance. You are one of the princes, I presume? Yes. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I've heard about you before. Uh, I doubt it. Father doesn't talk about me a lot, and my babbling idiot of a brother is the crown prince. Ah, mm. uh, yes, I definitely know of that one. 
glad you are not that one. And they just kind of like laugh and poke you a little bit with their finger. And they um, look to you. Go ahead. I think Freya is... The Drake is still running around jumping on flowers, right? 100% still a, like, a a fresh cow out on a spring field. Like, so... absolutely going bananas. <laughs> Our... <laughs> Freya's about to do something extremely terrifying, um, but also extremely funny. Mm-hmm. I think Freya gets up and he makes like he does like ten feet of movement, but then you just see him leap forward twenty-seven feet and tackle the Drake to the ground playfully. Absolutely. Go ahead and give me an athletics check. Um so so I'll cause satyrs have mirthful leap. Ooh. Which allows me to add a D8 to a long jump. Nice. And your jump strength is, or your jump is equal to your ability score, which I have a 21 now in my strength. And I rolled the D8 and got a six on it, which gives me 27. Incredible. Of leap, which is terrifying. Terrifying. Um, but a sh athletics check? Yes. That is a 21. A twenty-one. Um, you start to uh, wrestle with this Drake, uh, and they um, start to playfully wrestle back with you. Uh, it is it pretty much an even match, actually, uh, as you guys are wrestling back and forth. One moment you kind of like, like kind of topple it over, and then they kind of you roll around in the grass, and then all of a sudden the Drake is on top of you, and you guys are kind of going back and forth. Uh, they, uh, the Drake kind of, like, puts your, like, arm in its mouth, but doesn't, like, bite down, just mm -hmm. as, like, that dog thing of, like, I can hurt you, but I'm not, um, but, uh, like, totally playing with you, and after a little while, um, uh, uh, give me a perception check with disadvantage, because you are currently wrestling a dragon. Uh, that is a 15, I rolled a 13 and a 19 on the die. Jesus, great rolls. <laughs> so with a 15, after a while, you just start to see emerging from the flowers, uh, the uh, person, uh, uh, they just start to like sprint through and then like full like dive deep down onto you, like body slam the both of you as they also start to join the wrestling match. Uh, in just like gleeful exuberance uh, and you guys just all kind of like wrestle and like tackle each other it seems like this is something that uh, the uh, Drake and uh, the person all do already together like continuously so it sounds like this is now a three party jumble uh, uh, you guys all like kind of like play around and like you find yourselves being like tickled a couple of times and you're not quite sure if it's like one of the like scales that are sticking out of like the dragon that managed to just kind of like get you at one point or if it's the person like tickling you in one yeah. way uh, just to like trick you uh, and you all just like after a couple of minutes just like stop and like are heavy breathing after just like minutes of heavy wrestling you need like a quick second to catch your breath. Uh, and after some deep, heavy heaving, uh, the, the person, like, looks to you and just bursts into laughter. 
Uh, I think Freya also laughs, but he goes, So, uh, what can I call you? They uh, cont- contain themselves with their laughter, uh, stifling in a couple of, uh, like, laughs. Uh, a couple. It takes a couple of seconds for them to, like, compose themselves after just a giant wrestling match. Um, and they look at you and they say... <clears throat> Uh, Xander. You can call me Xander, Sore Spirit. Sore Spirit. Sore as in a muscle or sore as in fly? Uh, they just kind of like smile at you. And, um, you see the Drake kind of like comes up and nuzzles up against Xander. Fly, got it. We come from a long line of Drake Wardens. My father, his father before him, and his mothers and fathers before him. We all learn, we all grow, we all are chosen by one. This is Indy. She's my best friend. Hmm. Uh, I think he digs into his, like, pack, even though, like, it's a dream, and he pulls out, like, a ration for Indy and feeds it to them? Uh, Indy, uh, like, wolfs it down in this dream. You, like, watch as it, like, just, like, it's, like, chomp, chomp, chomp. Like, it's like a dog getting a piece of food off of your plate, so you know it's, Mm -hmm. like, barely tasting it, like, two chomps and it's down, like, that fast. Um, and they, uh, you see, uh, they're, like, kind of, like, close their eyes and then open them back up at you as you see, like, their, like, purple tongue, like, slip across their, like, silvery scales that, like, go across the body. Um, this dragon is, like, shimmers in the light, very similar to the spots, uh, that are in Xander's fur. Um, and, uh, Xander's, like... And I know you think this is all a dream, but I f- don't, and I think this is a dream too, but I feel like we're going to meet soon. Do you feel that too? Well, I don't know what will happen. I know I'm going to meet a lot of people. But I hope only the, only the gods know where I'll go. But I hope you're in that line. They kind of like smile, look down a little bit, uh, and then look back up to meet your gaze. And they're like, I'll make sure that it happens. Well, that sounds promising. I do warn, I am traveling with my mother. (laughs) And I live with my father, so. Yes. I think we might be able to find a way to 
sneak away. You said that Indy chose you. Yes. Is it possible for any animal to choose a person? It's possible. I've seen many animals align themselves with certain humans, possibly because of magical influence or just very good cooking skills. But I see it as, yes, of course, I feel like you can befriend any animal. And if they choose to follow you, I feel like of that animal's intentions, if it is to leave its home of the wild to live with you, I feel like that is friendship. That is being chosen. Yes. I, I agree, but Indy listens to you. I, I guess I'm, I mean, you're a Drake Warden, so it makes sense that (laughs) Vitor doesn't listen to me like that. Uh, he Vitor, and uh, as he like says Vitor's name out loud, Vitor pokes his head up out of your shirt, climbs down your arm, and heads over to Xander. Yes, this is Snive Vitor. It means pure white snow. I found him the first time I came to Puppet. He chuckles a little bit and uh, puts their hand to the floor uh, and Vitor climbs up uh, onto their hand and brings it up to their face and he's like, Hello there, little Vitor. You've got a little bit of blood in your snow skin and chuckles and kind of like boops the nose. Um, uh, you can see that Vitor is, uh, uh, unlike something you have seen, you haven't had Vitor for very long, just a couple of months, but, uh, Vitor is much more well-behaved for Xander, a person they just met, than he ever is for you. You little shit. (laughs) They, uh, turn around and you see them kind of, like, crinkle their nose at you, uh, Vitor, like, crinkles their nose at you a little bit, and then goes back and kind of, like, nuzzles up into, like, Xander's, like, dark, dark, navy blue, like, hair that is in this, like, shaggy mullet cut, uh, and just kind of sits atop their head so nice and, like, just comes down to about an inch above their shoulder, um, and you see that they kind of, like, nuzzle up into Vitor, and he's like, oh... Vitor just says, like, it's just gonna take some time. You know, you guys have just become friends. You you can talk to him? Yes, I can talk to them. I can talk to most animals. Uh. I'm sure that definitely helps with the bonding. 
Yes. I feel that would make things a lot easier. Absolutely. It does definitely uh, cause way less communication error. Um, and then you kind of like see Xander like look at Vether and then start speaking to Vether in a language you don't understand. And it you don't understand it because it is Ether's language. And they just have a small kind of like conversation and you see that Xander's kind of like brings his finger up a couple of times and uh, a few times also kind of like points to you and like points like two eyes at Vether and then put two eyes like the two fingers back at you and you see Vether kind of like look back a little bit and then like look back at Xander and kind of like nod and Vether then is placed down on the ground comes back over to you and climbs up onto your shoulder and nuzzles in I think Freya, Freya kind of like scratches behind his ear like he usually does, and looks at Xander and goes, mm, "Not to be nosy, but what? Okay, I want to know what you talked about." He, they just kind of like chuckle at you and they're, they just kind of like look at you in, in a way of just like, you know, like you nosy, like you just gotta know, don't you? Like uh, this like playful kind of way. Uh, uh, they chuckle and they're like, I just told him that if he expects the respect that he wants, he needs to give it. And that if he wants, if that, if Freya wants a friendship and he wants a friendship, that you both need to act towards it so that it can grow. He's just uh, stubborn, that's all. He's stubborn. I don't know what friendship really is, so it makes sense that I would fuck that up. Well, you haven't fucked up anything. Vitor likes you very, very much. Well, I did give him meat when I first met him, so... And he very much loves meat and scritches behind the ear. So you're doing a great job. So that's one friend already. And yeah. I consider you a friend. Do you consider me a friend? Yes. Good. Then you're not fucking up. Everything's great. I have one more question. Shoot. Do you know oh. anything about the Welker Darks? Mm, the Welker Darks, yes. I know a little bit. I know that they um, are a very small family. They are like ambassadors for uh, one of these smaller kingdoms here on Suntura. Um, and that Spring Welter Dark, well, Welter Dark, and uh, a couple of younger children, they live out in the forest in their own little space. Uh, they, uh, Spring and Woe will sometimes attend. Um, some of our meetings uh they will also intend some important events but they 
never really stick around for long. They are very, um, they enjoy the presence of their home. So, do you have an idea of how I could make traveling with us feel more like home for woe? Well, I would ask her how she feels about this forest compared to hers. She lives in a forest. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the same forest. Talk to her about the forest, the flowers, the creatures. And you tell me about them so that I have... Pro- correct information to talk with her? (laughs) They laugh a little bit. They're like, yes, yes. I'll tell you anything you want to know. What what is what is your favorite flower? My favorite flower? My favorite flower. And they reach down next to them and pull a little purple flower that sits upon a long stem. And they're like, these flowers, the ones around us, these little purple ones, these little white ones, they grow without purpose. They grow because no one told them to. They grow because they want to. These are my favorites. Okay. And what about yours, Ardflaith? I think Freya, I think this is the first time in the conversation you see Freya go blank. I don't, I think Freya's life has always been preparing, God forbid, he had to take over for the throne and proving he was worth it and didn't really have time to focus on him or his favorites. And I think he kind of just shrugs a little. And Xander kind of looks at you and you see kind of like a like understanding empathetic nod. Not a sympathetic one, an empathetic one. And they kind of like reach out to you, kind of move a piece of your ginger hair out of your eyes and around your horn to kind of get a better look at you, your whole face. And they're like, I hope you find it on your journey to me that you have an answer next time. 
Uh, I think Xander feels the heat rise to his skin as his cheeks and ears turn bright pink from that, and uh, he smiles and looks down and um, nods and goes, perhaps woe can help me with that. I think she's the perfect one to ask. And then Xander kind of like looks up to the sky. You also notice it in this moment that it's starting to get darker, like on a setting. And they say, This is always my least favorite part. Waking Leading up. Going back to reality. Well, hopefully our paths cross soon. I know they will. They kind of move their hand over to yours and place it on top of yours. And I think Freya kind of picks it up and while reading the situation, um, he kisses the knuckles of Xander's hand and flops back to wake up in his bed. Uh, you kiss the knuckles of Xander and they return the favor, kissing your knuckles as well. And as the darkness starts to creep over the sky and around your peripheral vision, feeling yourself start to become heavier in this moment, the weightlessness is starting to fade and the last words you hear as your vision starts to get closer and closer to black, staring at Xander so you can get his face for as long as you can. He says, I'll see you soon, Ardflaith. And you wake up the next morning. And this is where we are going to end this 1v1. Ah! So exciting! I loved every second of that. It was way too good. I love it. Ugh. Oh, my oh. boy. It's so great. Look at you feeling feelings like without reason now. I'm here for it. Oh, oh. my goodness. Uh, why don't you go ahead and do our outro for this one? Because this is Sunday's Child. Go ahead and take it away because this is our last 1v1 of our little series. Thank you all so much for listening as well. I truly, truly appreciate it from the bottom of my nasty little game master heart. Yes. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to all of our Cat Creek Con Chronicles. Um, join us every Friday for a new episode of Fodham Sept. Um, 
cannot wait to see where this series takes us and what we do with it. Um, it is always lovely to have CJ here as a player or as a DM. I will always love being a player in anything that CJ puts together. Um, we, at this point, um, I believe I will have announced... I believe we announced season two already, actually. I think I announced it at the end of the first episode of Bottom Sept. Um, so we will be back in the summer for season our second main campaign, um, which we will be posting hints and stuff soon and an announcement with a title. So pay attention mm -hmm. to that. Um, we have some excellent guest stars lined up. Um, and pay attention for when I start posting the story of before, because as of right now, we only have one more episode to record before that series is done. Ooh, so um, and that will all be posted in one week. Um, like as soon as they're done, I will be posting all those episodes in order in one week. So five days, all new episodes, um, which means that Friday will be a new episode of bottom sept and a new episode of the story before which will be the ascension of all of our gods um i'm i've recorded all of the one-on-ones for those and i'm so excited to showcase them to you guys um all of our players are amazing. Valiant Dorian does an amazing job as Nuna. Wesselhausen does an amazing job as uh, Nylila. Connor Kerrigan is the perfect Zeldris. Um, and the lovely Mick, or known as Radical Slinky, is our beloved Kaisis. Um, and of course, I'm the world and everybody else, as usual. Um, so I can't wait for you guys to experience the emotions that we put through that. Um, you can catch us on TikTok, Instagram, uh, even our, we have a Facebook page that really isn't used, but you can catch us there. Uh, all of it is QNS World of Saluna. Um, oh, Twitter also, duh. Um, that's at Queers and Spears. Um, and uh, oh yeah, uh, check out other TTRPGs, not just D&D, because TTRPGs are great to do with all of your friends. Um, yeah. I will always and always plug playing TTRPGs with friends. Um, who knows, you may see new systems on our podcast at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And also check out the beast within which is valiant dorian's ttrpg that they are making um that was 100 crowdfunded so they are starting to work on that um and even though they don't listen i want to shout out transplanter rpg um because they are great and that's where i found some of our guest stars for season two uh, valiant dorian being one of them incredible uh, and we will see you all soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. -bye. Bye,